Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. Our dreams try to solve conflict that we may not know we have. And in, in our sleeping moments, that conflict arises and, you know, our dreams, you know, process them. Yeah, there's alcohol in it and I couldn't continue. You can have it. No, it's a coffee. long story. No, I didn't drink it. I was... Yeah, okay, Millie. I put I, alcohol in my coffee, but I just did it to look at it, not to drink it. <laughs> I wanted to sniff it. Resto martinis. M Millie's on one of those diets where you just smell your food. Shut <laughs> up. That's not uh... So not true. Well, are no. you one of those people that are you one of those people that uh, watches other people eat what you want to eat? So no, 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 no. I'm like supposed to have a really strict diet because I have a million problems with my stomach, but I love food too oh. much to like not. I can't follow these rules. Like, but no, the reason with coffee is because I quit coffee two years ago, and then now like wow. when quarantine sorry began, I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Sorry. But I'm sorry for your loss. I, I'm sorry for my loss too, but like now I just can't live without it. When like Corona happened, I was like, what other joys are there? Like I'm bringing coffee back into my life, but like I'm so sensitive to it now that I like microdose coffee. Oh like I okay. just ask for watered down coffee when I go out. Like I'm. Other people microdose Millie's microdosing coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, coffee used to make me anxious as fucked and like the only I was, coffee I, that makes me anxious is starbucks the pumpkin spice latte oh my god i swear there's oh, more I caffeine in there the, than like, anything else i think it's all the sugar yeah. and like sketchy ass whatever you know what makes me anxious sometimes five gum i think it's so really? sugary that it me like an anxiety flare is that weird or you know you know there's another there could be a psychological reason for that too what's oh, that yeah, so if you want to hear it if you want to hear it Now's so a good you, time to introduce you chew, Sasha, you who's a... Uh... gums? Yeah, I'm down. You chew gum before your first dates. Oh my god, wait! No. Yes! It makes you gassy and bloated because you just keep swallowing air. No, he's right. It might be the psychological thing also. Oh, it's like a because thing. it's a pattern. Yeah. Oh! Wait. It sounds so psychic. It makes oh. you bloated. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of O's and O's. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. You never know. That's hey, well, Sasha, do you want to explain to our listeners why you know this and who yeah, you are? Yeah, who are you? Well, why are, you well, here? Well, are you here? This guy just, like, hacked our Zoom <laughs> meeting and, like, popped in, in the middle of an episode. Yeah, Zoom bomb. <laughs> Zoom bomb. My name is Sasha Khalili. I go to Antioch University. I, I work with um, addicts, like, severe addicts at um, a clinic called Beit Shuva. Um, it's a Jewish inpatient clinic, and you know, addicts come come through and they stay as long as they need to stay. And um, there's a whole treatment team. They have a spiritual counselor. They have a, a, a drug counselor and they have um, a therapist. And it's really interesting because um, it's unlike any other, you know, treatment center uh, because it is so community like centered. And that's really, really, really important um, for people that are struggling with addiction. Um, I graduated in December. Don't know what I'm doing after that. A lot of unknown. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely just going to keep continuing getting my hours. And um, who knows? Who knows where um, this path will take me. So definitely definitely looking at uh, private practice down the line. But, you know, one step at a time for sure. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I didn't know you were finishing so yeah, soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very um, exciting. Yeah. Well, so we spoke on the phone before we like decided to have you on and you were telling us about 
your career path before you decided to go back to school and like what sort of was yeah. expected of you do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that well, yeah it's the it's that struggle of um you know uh going down like the meticulously crafted um narrow lanes of you know doctor and lawyer in our our persian uh, culture and that's been something that i've been contending with for a very long time and especially when you're a young adult you know you're you're constructing your identity your ego um at every interaction at every point um where you know you feel like you need to prove yourself or you feel like you need to you know make your mark and that you know there's a lot of pressure early on and i was going down the law path took the lsat um i was going through like a lot of uncertainty um at the time like a lot of anxiety about the future a lot of just um i wasn't secure in myself at all like i was like who the fuck am i what am i doing here like what like am i living somebody else's life i don't know um just a lot of i don't know confusion um this obscure haze um so i did i started meditating and that really like helped me just calm like the chattery voice in the back of my head that was always like you know like you're not you're not shit you you don't know you don't know to the extent that you need to know um you're not following the path you're not you know a lot of just nonsense to be honest with you Ch- uh, just chatter um and through meditation i started to just realize you know i listen to psychology like lectures for fun i'm like why am i doing that is there information here like what what is what is this process that i'm doing um and slowly like you know you start to see some signs and you um whatever you want to call it confirmation bias and you come to a point where you want to make a decision or you want to um explore this the unknown um and so i decided to do therapy school um i like listening to people i like i think everybody has a story um i like i don't like superficial conversations at all I think that's another part of what makes me love what I do and um yeah I see a bright future. Sure. No, I'm happy that it's like I think it's really common for a lot of people to have that chatter in the back of their head that's like I mean I still have it but me and Natalie always like talk about how we either feel like this is what we have in common that we really feel like the ultimate shit like our just our self esteem like just oscillates between being really high and really low which is like you know we're working on, i'm working on the balance still i mean i feel like in general anyone who has high highs only has low lows there's like we don't know how to do in between yeah so like i still have that voice in the back of my head like i do i feel like i'm someone who i i have I make decisions with conviction. I do have that, but at the same time there's always like a uh, back voice in my head that's criticized. Like I'm I'm my harshest critic, so Yeah. Um and like I yeah, I think that is kind of part of like being in a Persian family i mean for sure like it relates to everything but also if you're not like the typical persian that's like either like the guy that's going to law or medicine or the girl that's going to speech or what's the other one that persian girls do oh physicians yeah pa so if you're not doing one of those two and you're doing something that's on your own you're constantly gonna have this like inner battle that's like oh i'm on a path i'm getting there i'm gonna succeed but there's still so much unknown because you're on your own path. You're not on like a, like not on a typical, typical path where you know each next step that's ahead. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's like harder to thing. measure the value of it. And then also it's yeah. like, Oh shit, because I'm like veering off the traditional path and I have to make it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I better not fuck it up and like prove everyone right that like you can't. Yeah. And it's all out of a place of, I've noticed at least, and this is my own take on it, but I think it's all out of a place of, you know, you look at our culture, it's been through a lot of shit, you know, a lot of, you know, oppression, a lot of uh, subjugation, um, a lot of just unknown and fear. And I've noticed also, too, about Persian culture is that reputation is really big. Um, it's really similar to like Japanese culture where individuality is not really a thing. It's like more 
you represent your family and like the family is like the kingdom in a lot of ways have you ever like have you ever like talked to somebody that you don't really know and they want to know if they know you and you and they ask for your last name and they pull uh-huh. in data, they pull in their database like in the back <laughs> yeah. of their mind, like, oh do i know like an like an aminpur or do i know like you know and it and it really speaks to like can i trust you like what is your what rapport has your family built what like yeah, what's your worth exactly what's your worth what's you know but uh, another yeah. thing is like um i think persians have assimilated really well into american culture because there's similarities that we both really define our value by our labor essentially it's like why are, why is our job like our entire identity that's such an american thing but it's yeah. also such a persian thing yeah like our vocation is well, who we are persians like for a long time in Iran, there weren't last names. And then when they started choosing last names, it was either what city you were living in or what your family's, like, business wow. was. Yeah, what like, Hawkshore, like, cleaning dirt, they, they were gold diggers. They, I mean, they... they would sift through dirt for gold. That was their family's trade. That's what Hawkshore... Like, just, like... I don't know what other last No, that's name. a really good connection. I still yeah. can't believe that's a last name. Puldar. Yeah, Puldar, I'm blinking really? out on the other ones, but I'm sure anyone who's listening is like thinking of a million right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. That's a great connection. Wow, I didn't think of that. Um, I used to hate, like, especially my last name because we're... we're the only, I think, Jewish family um, with this last name in the Persian community, it's a very, like, Muslim Persian last name, Sanandaji, because right. it's right. from the city of Sanandaj, which is, like, a Kurdish city that was part of Iran. And it's actually the capital yeah. of uh, Kurdistan. And I used to always hate, like, my last name for that because it was so disconnected from everything. It just, it really didn't have much value or meaning in a, in a way when people would ask me what my last name was. Yeah. Um, but recently, I got a new uh, admirer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I work at a real estate firm in the city uh, that's, like, owned by Persians. I, it's, like, the most Persian thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> the podcast made her more Persian. <laughs> um. So while I was working for the firm, this guy from the census was like calling our firm to ask a question about our tenants. And I think he's Kurdish. So when he was emailing me, he came in person and then I had to email him something. And when he saw my last name in my email, he started writing me like full on like pages of like emails, like saying how my last name, like reminded him of like his young years in Iran and he like sent me a picture of him and his friend during the revolution in, in Sanandaj in Kurdistan and I was like whoa like my last name has so much meaning like to this person sounds like he's trying to court you like wait no he actually said in his emails he's like he's like I hope this isn't weird because I'm old enough to be your father but I would really just love to have someone to share my feelings yeah he's like pen pal you guys yeah we're literal pen pals like I I answer your responses are like two sentences and his are like essays (laughs) oh and then one Monday like it was a very gloomy Monday so he sent me pictures of like beautiful scenic views in Iran and he's like I hope these like brighten your day and I'm like he's so cute That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love Shout out to Hammy. I love Shout the Persian appreciation for nature. Like I have always heard like Buya, like Hawaii, Iran, like Mesla, Hawaii, like no like no air of any other uh, place in the world. Like Yeah, yeah my, know, my like, dad would always say they have all four seasons at once, depending on what part of Iran you go to. Yeah. Yeah, most versatile country, most versatile oh, language. Oh, okay. <laughs> Best language. My grandfather would say, like, it's the greatest language in the it's world. It's a very poetic, beautiful language. It's also full right. of shit. But no, because when something is so poetic all the time, it loses meaning. Like, when I hate when mm. women say, like, sorry, my back is to you. And then you have to respond, goal, uh, Oh, like a, a flower doesn't have a yeah. flat or back like saying you're beautiful like a flower like it's so funny how you like <laughs> don't speak persian well but you like remind me of the most random expression i think it's because i don't speak persian well that i hold on to certain expressions that really like either bother me or that i really like or find funny no i like you know what that I mean? 
Well, speaking of yeah. like our subconscious and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, Millie. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'm so, so excited. <laughs> Me too. I want to. Well, last night I was telling my, um, I recently started seeing someone. I was telling my boyfriend about the dream that I texted you that you're going to. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, should we say like. we Yeah, we invited Sasha to come on part of the things. One of the things we want to talk about uh, were dreams. Was dream dreams. interpretation. Yeah. He's going to going to attempt to attempt. analyze. <laughs> You're so well. I'm just, I'm just setting the bar low. <laughs> Look, like no one. Well, can I give my spiel on dreams before we start? Yeah, for just sure. So we can set up. I, I just want to yeah. set it up. So, because I there's a lot of just, you know, uh, misconceptions about dreams, and I feel like I don't, I'm not an expert by any means, but I feel like I know enough to, you know, attempt and like we're extrapolating here and like. I'm going to be using the word maybe a lot because what I say is not set in stone at all. Like, and it doesn't mean like this is the ultimate uh, truth and way and you have to abide by it. So in our waking moments every day, like we're taking in too much information and like just random shit that we don't really um, account for. Like we don't really like um, process it, you know? Um, And when we go to sleep, um, usually in like your last hour of sleep where REM, REM starts to kick in, like dreams start to manifest and dreams they don't like scientists and neuroscientists and like everybody that studies dreams they can't come to like an agreement of like what causes them how uh how they're caused like what their function really is but there there is some you know like um agreement to some extent um and the agreement is our dreams try to solve conflict um that we may not know we have and in in our sleeping moments that conflict arises and you know our dreams um you know process them and they work through them and they sift through them through them and they take what they need to take and they i'm talking about them like they're like this separate being but it's really us that's doing it um their their use is to really um use symbols and symbols are associations that mean, you know, what they mean to us personally and what they mean to like our culture, our society, uh, based on like your gender, sexual orientation, race, religion. We all have associations that we, you know, create um, and we agree on inherently. Like we don't even know that we do, but we do. Um, And so, yeah, that's pretty much the basis of dreams um they can be very wacky like they they can be revolved around sex a lot of the times um because of you know like deep primal urges that's what freud would always obsess about um but i personally think they're they're magical and like there's a lot to be discovered there no i'm obsessed with talking about dreams i always like text you oh i had the strangest dream and i'm like you know we're gonna get sick of me you know what meme always reminds me of you what because whenever i talk about a dream that was meaningful like there's this and you tell me about your dream there's that meme where it's like other people's dreams like something like interesting and then my dream it's like elmo (laughs) holding an airplane eating a lemon and there's like a bomb happening (laughs) behind him in the sky like just like random like things that don't make sense and not not of them have to do with each other it just looks looks like someone on acid had a dream <laughs> like yeah. meaningless absurdity yeah yeah I, I mean of course i have those dreams too but i thought there's well we're gonna talk about it like me and you have had reoccurring symbols yeah in our dreams recently do you want to so talk about? i guess like um we both told sasha about like two oh, reoccurring okay. dreams yeah. that we've had sasha do you want to start off with one of us well, and do you want to go ahead or, yeah well, I figured I would let him start I mean, off. And- I mean, I mean, but do you yeah, want to explain it to the listeners what it was? Because oh, he- I should explain my dream. Or do you want to? I, I mean, thought Sasha was gonna. No, like you tell. No, no, just it's repeat it what it was, and then he'll oh. analyze it because the listeners. All right, so I could just choose either one I want. Is, is there one you want to talk about more? You don't care. I mean, um, they were both really compelling to me. So any anything that you oh, want awesome. to, okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, so one reoccurring dream I would have, um, I've had this dream maybe like four or five times where it was my wedding day. And I'm like, I was like in the wedding dress, like at the hall and I'm 
always leaving the guy at the altar because it's never someone I actually wanted to be with. And in my dream, I'm like, how did I get to this situation? Why did I say yes when he proposed? I don't want to marry this guy. I don't want to be married. I want to be free. And I would always leave the guy at the altar. And I was telling Sasha on our phone call before, um, before the episode that he's never seen the movie, but it's kind of like the movie Runaway Bride with uh, Julia Roberts, where she's always leaving this like guys at the altar. But in my most recent one, um, I was at like the end of the hall of the altar when the doors are closed and I'm like peeking through the door and the guy's under the chuppah and he's hysterically crying in front of all of our guests because he realizes I'm not going to show up. So then I was like, fuck, you know what? I'm just going to go through with it. But before I walked down the aisle, I called my divorce lawyer. I was like, listen, write up some papers um, because I'm going to get married right now just because I feel bad for this guy. I don't want to embarrass him in front of everyone. But like write up some papers so tomorrow I can sign them and get divorced. And that's wow. all that's all the dreams I can remember about weddings. I never have nice dreams about getting married. That's a lot of detail. And that's really good because we can work. So you ready? Yeah. Do I have consent to like pick apart? Oh, go ham. Okay, cool. Go, go in. I'm ready. Right. Go ham. I'm going ham. Okay, so literally the word alter means to change. Um, and marriage is like a huge leap and a huge trust, a huge loyalty, a huge faith um, that is like binding it binds you um and that's scary is it's scary it's um if you're not prepared it's very scary um and marriage in uh persian culture is something that's very i wouldn't say nowadays but like um it's it, it has birthed from a place of like contractual um places of like contracts and like being like feeling like this is a right fit um, that everybody agrees on, not just you, but everybody. Um, and what one thing that really stood out to me that I didn't hear before that just really binds everything together for me, that, that what I just heard from you is um, you saw the guy crying in front of everybody. Um, and that's, that's, um, that's indicative that there's embarrassment. There's a theme of embarrassment. And what, what are you embarrassed of? It's whatever you're embarrassed of, you're trying to appease. And by walking down the aisle, regardless of whether you want to or not, you're appeasing your culture. You're appeasing the man. Um, what masculinity means to you, you're appeasing that. Um, like you're soothing it. You're soothing it so you feel like you're accepted and you feel like uh, your culture doesn't turn on you. And by walking down, you're like handing yourself over. But at the same time, you have doubt um, that you're going to stay with him. Uh, so like a lot of a lot of different themes like commitment, loyalty, faith, um, and how we've all been conditioned in a lot of ways to pick um, based off of like what the consensus feels like we should pick. If that makes any sense or you feels like it resonates with you. So I feel like in a nice way, you're trying to say I'm a commitment phobe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we leave people, we're abandoning them to a certain degree. And we do that because we don't know what the other side looks like. Um, and we abandon when we feel abandoned. Um, it's a cycle. So it could be that, you know, you don't, you fear abandonment. So when it's proposed to you that you should tie down, you're like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. I don't think I'm going to, I actually might abandon because I don't want to be abandoned. <laughs> well, I have, <laughs> wait, that's what I do all the time. If I could chime in here, I, this is the first time I'm hearing that you saw someone crying. I think in the previous ones, there was no one crying under yeah, the altar. Yeah, it was Maybe the, it was the most recent one that the guy was hysterically crying in front of everyone. And I felt bad for him. So I'm like, okay, I'll just marry him so like he won't be sad and then I'll divorce him tomorrow. Well, so yeah, I think like not only is that part of appeasement, but that shows like themes of guilt. I feel like that's something like you always feel guilty do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for being yourself, 
kind of and like also feel guilty for not ex- like do you know what i mean so yeah no i, I mean, don't know i can't talk too much no i was uh, gonna say there definitely has been a pattern in my life where anytime i feel like someone is gonna do something to me i try to beat them to the punch so like anytime i feel like someone is gonna like turn me down i turn them down or like anytime someone like is gonna make me like feel like shit i make them feel like shit first i like i want to like beat them to it so like Mm. i definitely have had that pattern there you go no i just meant in the sense that like you you saw someone crying because it was showing that you often feel guilty for making people feel bad and it's like you think it's your fault that they feel bad but it's not necessarily your fault yeah it's like you feeling guilt that that was like this anyways I don't, I don't. Yeah. Well, that's another really good connection made. It's that guilt and that shame. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, that's my take on it. I hope that resonated. Yeah, it definitely does. Should we do one of Millie's dreams next? Um, well, I kind of want to bring up another one that I had recently, but I didn't text you about it. But I, d- I did say corpses. I so yeah. well no i just like you also you also said um about giving birth which i think that's a really good yeah uh, so like yeah. recently the images are either like birth dreams or like death not me dying but like seeing dead things and like people dying i mean i've most of my life i've had many violent dreams but only recently in the last like month have there been like birth like baby dreams and things like that um so I had a dream recently where I was in Iran and I was in this room with like a few men and then my grandfather who um, passed away a few years ago was there. And ever since he passed away, actually, I have dreams of him really often and it'll be like, I don't think I was thinking about him before I went to bed. Of course, I think about him often, but it wasn't like anything happened right before I went to sleep. But I'll see him and he's like kind of dead, but kind of alive. And then Mm. like, and he's actually happy, but then there's like some part where like towards the end of the dream, I'm like trying to preserve his corpse or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very like disturbing, of course. And then this dream though, he was very much alive, but then I went into like this apartment had no windows, but it was attached to, this building complex that had like um what is it called like a hall where you throw parties what is that kind a of banquet hall like a banquet hall kind of thing oh, okay. and there was a very lavish party happening and then there was like an outdoor part and i was leaving the party like to, just to leave this building and um while everyone was like eating amazing food and dr- having drinks there was just like Persian like the police officers were killing people and and also not just police like just random civilians killing other civilians and people were just dying at your feet but no one was responding to it and it was like really really gorish um but like people were wearing gowns and fur and like you were just walking a, a, just next beside it yeah wow okay way to drop a bomb <laughs> Um, there's a lot going on in that one too. Um, so where does your grandfather tie into the, the one where, um, the banquet hall is happening? Is he, does he have a role in that dream or is it just? No, he was just talking like in this, it was his apartment or someone else's apartment. And he was also in his youth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I don't know, maybe this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, no, 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 I mean, we're attempting. Uh, it's like a blank canvas and we're attempting. Uh, where were you, what were you doing in the dream? Um, I, I don't know. I was just conversating with these, like, I was in a room full of men and I think I was just talking with them or there was some sort of project that was going to happen, like something for work. I don't know. I'm always, I always find myself like around a lot of men. Only like recently have I built like strong relationships with women. So. Okay. Well, to me, this dream, um, the first thing that came to mind for me 
uh, and I'm doing this on the fly, so it's not going to be as maybe uh, in depth, but um, it seems like a banquet hall and like a party and all of these things, it's like a joyous occasion. It's like a lot of structure and a lot of just, uh, we're going to have a good time. Everybody's kind of saying that to each other. And it's like this soothing kind of thing, like parties soothe us. You know, we go to a party uh, to have a good time and like, you know, enjoy ourselves and, um, and you know, you said that there were no windows to the building. Um, yeah. And buildings uh, and dreams, they usually represent um, like our sense of security. Um, if you have a, if you have a house in, in a dream, let's say, and um, the doors are flung open and, you know, the back, like the backyard is like, you know, messed up. It's like, it's like clustered mind, uh, cluttered mind, uh, clustered uh, room, clustered house kind of a thing. It, it's representative of your own internal world. So if there are no windows, it could mean that um, you don't really let uh, people see see inside or, or you don't let uh, the, the inside to be exposed if there are no windows. Um, and that's aside from the whole structure and parties that I'll get to in a second. Um, and then the, the police officers coming and killing people, that's chaos. So you have order, like a good party happening, and then you have chaos happening. Um, and this dream could mean that when you feel like you have things in order, when you feel like you're partying and it's good and it's how you're having a good time, um, you're not really letting the light in through the windows to see what kind of chaos could be. And it's gory and it's violent and it's out of nowhere and it's a buildup because maybe you've been partying for too long and the light hasn't been able to shine through the, the windows. Well, I, I think that's really um, like the part about the windows is really spot on because I don't let a lot of people in, but um, it's important to note that I actually had this dream shortly after that wrestler in Iran was executed for protesting. So th I think that has to do with it. And I think that the party scene is like representative of what Iran is now. It's like, you know, super elite, but also surrounded by this, like, there is no freedom. Uh, do you know what I mean? There's right. anti-Semitism yeah. and... Yeah, but so, why? Why would you pick a pick that setting specifically? I think because like in the past month we've interviewed two people, like we've had two different episodes interviewing two different people of podcasts who Iran. either live in Iran now or just moved here from to America from Iran. So it's like pretty relevant. Yeah. And then uh, my grandfather mm -hmm. on on my mother's side who passed away, like he when I was younger would teach me Farsi and like mm. he would give me lessons and he was just like very Persian mm. and um. Santa bucks are back at Meyer. now through Saturday you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love like a Nintendo Switch Lite just $199.99 or an LOL Surprise OMG 2020 collection for $39.99 and save time and get your groceries delivered with Meyer Home Delivery so you can stay out of the elements on these chilly winter days. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually. Traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe, stay connected, think big, and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus. Like, I associate him with, you know, like, every whenever there's something in the news, like, I would think of talking about it with him and things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, because you would put it into a nice context, a nice package, a nice, you put this bow of wisdom on it where it was nicely uh, sealed and packaged for you to absorb it and feel like, okay, things aren't as chaotic as they may seem. There's some order there. Does that resonate? 
I don't know. <laughs> I I translated what he said about your dream into something totally different about you. Oh. But I don't know if it's something you want me to mention on the podcast. It's just that like sometimes when you, you when you're having a good time and things are too calm inside you, it causes you to panic. Oh yeah, that's fine. You could that's I could talk, you could cuz yeah. you you kind of said something about um feeling calm but like not letting light in in a way and it can cause chaos inside and millie like has had a pattern of like sometimes when she's just having a good time and things are like too calm and you're just like at a bar and like everything's like too like shallow and not deep like it tends to like you like have like a panic attack sometimes and like it makes you panic on the inside yeah, I was having a panic attack today. <laughs> well, that th- well, th- thank you for um, that. That's kind. Of, yeah, that was kind of what I was trying to imply. Yeah, I feel like um, it's like what you were yeah. alluding to, but you don't actually yeah. know that that happens to her, so you're not sure yeah. if you're touching the right yeah. point. But like, it actually made sense to me because like I've seen okay. that in her. Wow. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know you two personally, so like I can't. Draw, I can't draw upon you know like specifics and all that so it has to be it's pretty like uh vague i would say so it's up to you to apply what whichever way you want to apply it um but yeah that that light part is like casting light light is like you're you're not exposing something but you're bringing it to a surface you're like showing um your shadow parts that they can be seen mm. pretty much and we all have a shadow Indeed. <laughs> um, go Did I spook you a bit? I, I can see your body language change a little bit. What? Who, me? You? No, you seem really, really chill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. No. No. What is my body language? I don't know. This is something we also always talk about. It's like my body language is always really hostile but i just don't oh, know how to i'm, I'm gonna make a shirt for millie that says take my facial expressions with a grain of salt that was my joke that, about myself though i know but i'm gonna make you the a, shirt that's <laughs> she's great, always i, I say a joke and natalie just like says it louder have you ever seen that quote online <laughs> that it's like the real artist is the one who scratches out the other person's name and puts their yeah, name on it <laughs> that's me i <laughs> i am the real artist they take credit for other art um no that's true no i'm so, sorry i'm back to again thinking about myself and my body language no i think i don't know i have, i literally had two sips of coffee and i'm like i'm zooted off the coffee uh do you want to talk about your second dream oh yeah should i, should I go on to my second dream so my second yeah, keep dream coming. is yeah. kind of weird it's um it's a dream i've been having for years but it's like me crossing the street and then a car is coming and suddenly like gravity gets very heavy and I'm not able to cross the street fast enough. And I'm like trying to like push myself across the street. And then finally mm-hmm. I like kind of like hurdle myself and like just like roll on the street towards the mm-hmm. gutter and like I'm in the gutter and like the car passes by and like I save myself um wait i didn't understand that that's what you had wrote and that was confused by your text i've oh. had so many dreams like that so really yeah yeah which is like funny because i was saying in the text that i actually have been hit by a car before but these dreams were happening way before that happened um i was hit by a car like while i was walking before yeah but um but these dreams happened before that happened okay so it's yeah kind of like a panic um, dream it's, it's like a persian gypsy psychic like yeah Five, maybe. yeah maybe i <laughs> predicted my own uh future oh apparently gypsy is an <laughs> offensive word so yeah sasha what are your takes um this one yeah this one was interesting to me well first that we all have the association like our brain makes the association that when we control a car like have you ever had a dream that um or have heard of a dream where um you're driving and like you're drunk and you can't control the car or like the brakes aren't working. Um, yeah, I'm not drunk, but like all of a sudden, like the car just starts like malfunctioning and like 
I've had this really vivid dream where it's always on Doheny Drive. So I know you're from LA too. So it's like, it's, it's always on Doheny for some reason. And like my car just starts like veering off and, and I can't stop it or do anything about yeah. it. But I'm not drunk. I just, for some reason, I'm losing consciousness. Okay. Okay. That's another one. Yeah. Losing consciousness. That's another part of this. Um, so yeah, your, 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 your car and your dreams represent your life. Um, and how you control your life, what um, we like to think that cars like, you know, um, we, we maneuver them and we move, maneuver our lives um, and our, what we tell the car to do or how we control the car, you know, we expect it to have some sort of uh, feedback that um, is very similar to what we want it to do. Like when we make a left, when we jerk the, the wheel left, we expect the car to go left. So when we don't have that control of maneuvering our life, um, we, it's our subconscious telling us we don't really have a lot of control over our lives at the moment. Um, or, you know, we're trying to have control and we can't really. Um, hence, like, no brakes. Hence, like, losing consciousness. Um, and when you're cr crossing the street, there's a social con contract that we've all created together and it's pedestrians uh have the right of way every time right not and everywhere stuff, <laughs> not everywhere not everywhere but in at least in where we live it's um well at least I, I don't know what it's like in new york i'm sure it's very like um frantic but everyone has the right of way <laughs> yeah yeah well like the, the law says like the like a person that decides to walk when they are when they deserve to walk where, where it's green or whatever stop sign um they they have to feel the trust that is inherent to feel to walk in front of a a, a death machine a car a car can kill a lot of people um so going back to all of that you're it sounds like you're bracing for an impact you're bracing for something that you don't trust other people um, to do to do basically. So when you're walking and this car is about to hit you, you're not trust you're you're or you're you're not trusting the fact that um, it won't hit you. Mm. If that makes any sense. Can I just say so something weird that came to my yeah. mind? Is that like before cars existed, dream interpreters their version would be like a horse and buggy <laughs> just imagine someone talking to a dream interpreter and be like i just have right. this constant dream where i'm in a horse and buggy and and when i whip the horse it doesn't go the right way and then like the interpreter's yeah. like yes horse and buggies represent us trying to control <laughs> well lives. it wasn't really established by that point anyways <laughs> that field of psychology oh no <laughs> okay yeah. then i guess I mean, that wasn't was a thing but i was just thinking like the way dream interpretation has like changed over the years because there's just always new things that mm -hmm. represent new things. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this, this can go into the, my second dream, uh, which I forgot to mention this symbol in it because it's kind of embarrassing and it like doesn't represent me at all, but no. basically I'm pregnant in the dream and um, I'm in some sort of like shopping area or like just, I don't know, some, commercial area and I look down on my finger and I bought myself my own ring and then I take my phone out and like take a selfie of myself which is something I would never really do I mean for private selfie time I would never like and I take Millie a selfie takes ironic selfies <laughs> she does it to be ironic and then I uh I like so I'm in public and I take this photo of myself and I immediately post it like to Facebook which is even more bizarre and I'm like excited like having a baby like baby on the way like it's like fucking i would never i don't write anything like that like i didn't even make a post when i graduated yeah. from college. like i'm just anyways so i do that and then like i was just walking in this store that was it was all outside and it was all windows actually and then like i'm mm -hmm. just walking browsing and this baby just like slides <laughs> out of me and wow. I don't even feel it. It was just like oh, so wow. natural. And then someone just cuts the umbilical cord wow. and it's just like, oh, got a baby now. Like, I guess I just have a baby now. <laughs> and it was super chill. Did you, at least, did, you, did you at least pick it up when it slid out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if, <laughs> somehow. Actually, I know someone who gave birth like that. 
like she went to the uh, hospital and she doesn't scream really when she's in pain. So the nurses didn't believe she was having contractions because she wasn't screaming. So they kept making her wait. They wouldn't give her a room. So she just squatted in the middle of like the waiting room of a hospital and caught her own baby. Wow. Well, that would never happen to me because <laughs> I'm a neurotic mess. And I think I would, like, I'm not having an easy, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll surprise myself. But anyways, then quickly, I had a second dream about giving birth again, but this time I was in a hospital um, and it looked like it was in the 1950s. And then I gave birth, but maybe it was a C-section this time. And then like, I don't know where the babies went. And then I opened this thing that looked like a brass chute or like <laughs> <laughs> a what? I didn't hear that. Like a trash chute in an apartment building oh. or like a, like a mailbox kind of <laughs> contraption. And I open it and there's like two beautiful twins and I don't like baby. Like I don't like infants. I like kids, some, but I don't like infants. I think they look kind of strange and I don't know how to interact with them, but I picked up these two twin babies and they were the most beautiful, serene creatures I've ever seen. And I just was like so happy to hold them in my arms. What was, were the twins a boy and a girl or a boy, boy? I don't know. They were just really pretty, but like, I don't like, again, I don't know why it was just weird. Like, well, you don't like newborn babies. Let's make that distinction. Oh yeah, newborns look like aliens. Yeah. I think when babies reach an age where like they can like hold their heads up and they get a little bit chubby and their eyes are big and their head is almost the same size right. as their body and they look like bobbleheads, I think that's when they look the cutest. I like like four-year-olds. <laughs> I don't. They're so annoying. They talk so much. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're a healthy group here. I, I like babies. You know, they they... You get to control what they do. When they're four, they want they want to control the situation. No, the thing is, I want someone with autonomy. Oh, Anyways, okay. uh, so you can interpret that too. So. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm learning a lot about you guys. <laughs> oh, okay, so this one. All right, this one's interesting to me. Um, pre- the word pregnant literally means like pre-birth. Um, and before something is birth. It's, you know, growing, building, compiling, compounding um, into something that wants to be released. Um, And in this case, in your case, the release was pretty easy. Um, And this can like manifest in so many different ways. It's like a conversation that you've been wanting to have with somebody. It's a confrontation. It's an idea that you want to release. Just something that you've been compiling inside you that you just want to like get it out. and in this case, the, the transitions have been easy. And, th- and that's what pregnancy and giving birth means in dreams is a transition. Um, and a newfound responsibility that is birth once that transition happens. Um, so you can like think about like maybe this, are you in a point in your life where is there something that you want to transition in? Is there something that you want to give new um, light to um, to get out of you um, the twins one is I, I'm not I'm still kind of uh, that one's a little bit more fragmented to me I'm still kind of pulling that one together but two is a very interesting number that's why I asked if it's masculine or if, if it's a boy and a girl um, because that could re- resemble masculinity and femininity and how um, you see two of them looking back at you in this beautiful light it's like you. i wanna, think actually you i remember telling someone about it i think it was one boy and one girl because that was the one thing that yeah it struck me because i if i have children i do want one boy one girl um okay. so maybe i don't know but they they looked like the same mm-hmm. but, uh i think it was i mean that's what twins do something <laughs> yeah no i know but like they didn't look gendered is, yeah, well, ba- babies never look. Have you ever looked at a baby and been like, "It's a boy"? When they're just I mean, it depends born, where you're looking. Yeah, it depends where you're looking. Depends where you're looking. Okay, well, I'm but sorry, even then, I'm not even checking then. out babies' genitalia constantly. I'm usually looking at their faces. <laughs> um, but did what that <laughs> about our guest here? Uh, wow, it's interesting to know that you're like 
in a podcast format you're being recorded and everything is being going out into the um my first podcast so it's interesting that you guys are very free um well you said that, you don't like superficial conversations so we're just trying to keep it real <laughs> um no, no it's it not that i don't like them it's just like they bore me sometimes yeah no no i get it i'm i just but uh so i looked up all of the symbols like i often whenever i have a dream that was like very vivid or something i look it up mm-hmm. online the next yeah. morning um and that that is like sort of what i read it's like birth like a new beginning like you obviously expanded on it more but that's mm-hmm. like what it implies um mm-hmm. yeah and it also like because it's saying like oh you're entering a new stage in your life and i really do feel different recently i don't know how to mm-hmm. explain it like i always say like every year in your 20s feels like a decade because i just feel personally like feel very different from not that my personality has changed but it's just like you're maturing at a way more rapid rate and then i feel like when you get 30 you just stop like we're actually always just like messed up 20 something year olds i feel like no one like what is adult no i definitely agree with you because like 16 17 18 like what were really the differences between those yeah i feel like once you hit 21 it's like 21 so different from 22 22 was so different from 23 25 is just like oh yeah like so we both recently turned 25 and i feel yeah yeah, i just feel very different but like good like i'm i make decisions that i'm proud of and i feel like i i don't know like there's always well at least in america or like maybe it's just the popular culture these days it's like this obsession with youth and as much as i have moments where i'm like i don't want to get older i'm also like but i don't want to be who i was last year like i love me right now i don't want to like so like i'm excited to age because i just feel like i'm bettering each year i know it sounds kind of like weird and cocky but or not like i don't know but no listen no it's, it's, like, it's, it's sounds it's honest school and some didn't yeah sounds healthy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throw shade. like past enemies um yeah but well that's the beauty of getting older it's like you you lose um, you you lose what like is presented nicely, you know, like like no wrinkles and like you know superficial things, right? Well, Surface I have a things, very then... very meticulous skincare routine, so. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're you're oh. the anomaly then. Also, um, I'm I'm convinced I'm not gonna wrinkle, and my metabolism isn't gonna slow down. Yeah, well, I don't know what Natalie's I doing. But I I wash my face with soap. <laughs> yeah, Natalie's like. He's- his body i don't want to talk we don't want to talk about natalie really gets really upset about my skincare routine okay um (laughs) yeah yeah. well but you get wisdom in return you know you get a deeper sense of self you get a deeper sense of like anchoring like how you anchor yourself um but it sounds like you're getting the wisdom and you know no crow's feet so hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) no all the power to you no, yeah. but also you. I feel like the older you get, the stop, the less you care about like stupid little things. You know what I mean? Like when we were like twenty one. Well, everyone, it's different. Yeah. I just feel like when we were twenty one, we cared about like such different things than we care about now, and it's like we're caring about like smarter things. I feel like more important. Yeah, like we're prioritizing. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but also there's like the negative. Th- like I'm framing it in a positive way right now but of course like (laughs) there's another aspect to aging which is like whenever i'm going through something difficult um and this is part of like you were saying oh you you get panic attacks when things are going good because i'm just like something bad's gonna happen like i'm not always like that but a lot of the times i'm like things are going too good like something bad's gonna happen Mm -hmm. which is a bit like you know persian in itself or that kind (laughs) of fear um expand it you know yeah, but I just feel like yeah. I'm constantly being. T- yeah, I gotta S- gotta do that. S- you do that, S- bro. Um, but I feel like it's just God or whoever. It's just like wait, another thing. Like I feel like I'm constantly being tested, and also every year there's like a little bit less lightness in me. Like you, you kind of lose innocence every year, and with mm. that comes wisdom, but with that also comes darkness. Yeah. So. I don't know, just like things feel a bit heavier. Like I feel like 
what makes people look because sometimes they look at younger people and it's not that they have it's not a wrinkle thing like there's just something in their eyes that looks a bit more like they haven't seen as i don't know it's it's not a wrinkle again it's yeah. just it's just uh the look behind their eyes and i mean this world that we live in takes a toll on you like life takes a toll on you you know and like yes. it's not it's normal and it's natural to like feel like it's becoming heavy but um that like, you, you said something that really interests me it's like you're you're looking you're look that adversity um it sounds like you're looking for it you're looking for the next test the next goal and when things go are going well you know it's we're we're creatures of burden like we like having a new goal uh, uh and goals bring dopamine and then dopamine brings uh a new motivation for achieving even more goals like it's embedded into our like physiology or biology to like want to have adversity like want to seek out the threat um and sometimes it gets overbearing as hell because we don't we like things are okay like we don't have to be worrying you know but we have this ancient like archaic reward system in us that's like no like there's there's something around the corner and we always have to be like wary of uh of it being there or not unknown yeah that's really true i feel like i had that as a kid more than i do now like anytime things were too calm in my life as a child, I was just like, something's gonna get fucked up. Hmm. I feel like the older I got, the more I was just like, hmm, whatever. If the That's where a lot of self-destructive behavior comes from, too. What because about? Sorry. No, sorry. What did you say about destructive behavior? Oh, I was just saying that's why a lot of people are self-destructive. Oh. Uh, um, not, not i'm not saying you you two are but i'm just saying that that's where it comes from mm-hmm. um things are going too well and we don't that people that are self-destructive they don't they're not used to that so they find something to kind of bring them back to that baseline of like no i need i need some like chaos you know i need some, something that is familiar you know something that's comfortable i mean i kind of like resonate with that i don't know it's like when when things are too good, there's too much to lose. So you just want to get rid of it so that there, you don't have anything to lose. You know what I mean? I don't do that. But... Oh, uh, I'm so happy for you. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, just... I don't do that, but if you do, like... Well, no, what do you mean? Like, I have unnecessary panic attacks, but then, like, you know what I mean? That's how I think, but then you have, like, somewhat... You, you even said that you try to sabotage things because you don't you don't want to be the one to get abandoned you want to be yeah but i do that i'm just trying to identify out each of our honestly i've I've realized (laughs) that the most because um basically (laughs) my friend our friend hadar is sitting in the corner this whole time and not making any noise but she pointed out to me more than anyone else in my life that i always need to beat people to the punchline anytime i feel even the slightest bit of like abandon like not abandonment or like um rejection i feel the need to reject them first or abandon them first so that they can't yeah. do it to me and yeah. sometimes it's not even coming sometimes it's just something that i feel that's not even there so then i fuck things up even though things weren't gonna get fucked up yeah and you know you know what's interesting that i, I tell my clients a lot of the time is emotional pain your brain doesn't can't like decide what's emotional pain and what's physical pain like you it it triggers the same parts of your brain um and what like what do you what do you do when you put your hand over like a really hot stove you like you're like ah shit you like take your hand away from it you 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 go away from it you evade it it's the same thing with emotional pain so it's like important to ask yourself like trace it back like what was a time where you felt that where like you don't want to feel that again like you want to take your hand away from the stove as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. That's if that helps. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying if someone hasn't felt abandonment before, they're not going to do these things because they like nothing in their brain is triggering that because they haven't felt it. It's not that they haven't felt it. It's that it 
it hasn't maybe it hasn't had as much of an impact as let's say like another thing has but in your case it's it's a pretty prominent theme because it's it also goes back to your the the getting hit by a car um dream which i honestly didn't do a good job of uh explaining that one but i just wanted to attempt again because the way other people control their lives or manage their lives um you're not um you're not able to like accept or trust that so you run and you 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 look for cover it's the same thing with the abandonment um you don't you don't you don't trust people to not abandon you so then you either you run or you so i don't know if that makes sense start crying (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding well no also (laughs) something but it is it's true i i I just want to say i appreciate the fact that you're able to be public about this and like, and we're basically doing a therapy session right oh, now. Oh yeah. I um, have a thing in my yeah. body and like in my brain, I don't know how to feel embarrassment. So a lot of the times I just put myself in, situ- in situations where like, I don't get embarrassed. Well, I think like me and you don't really feel that, like for, we don't, we can't really fathom how real and permanent things of on the internet are like some people are really <laughs> aware of how permanent, like, you know what I mean? But yeah. like we put out like an episode every week and you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, we're not that so because yeah, we don't even we're not really affected by yeah. yeah. And we don't get to see people when they're watching, when they're listening. So we don't know how people are reacting to what we say. Yeah. We just put things out there and like in my head, no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally in my head. I'm like, no one heard no, that. Episode. No one's, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, do you have like listeners like reach out to you and be like this one thing you said really like helped me or like oh yeah uh, we for still sure. get those really often yeah. but still oh it yeah like occur even then, like, on, a like, daily, uh... on a daily basis i never think about it yeah. until someone reaches out but like and other then than we that, start sweating and we're like wait like so, oh my someone God, people heard us people, <laughs> people heard our private conversation that we uploaded on the internet like, yeah i don't know why like also i'm i'm kind of shy but then i'm like i'm not scared of public speaking like i'm not like I can perform things like I don't know what's up with that like <laughs> but then I'm like too hijo that to like accept a cup of tea at someone's house <laughs> like well one one is more like personal and the other one's like more like like distance kind of like a group talking to like a group is like way more uh not it's not as personal like you're just talking to like a mass of people but then when you're like accepting like a, a chai it's like way more like yeah. personal it's like well the thing yeah. is i think with natalie me and natalie both of our walls are like built so high that like we just exceed in like performing our personas and like only doing exterior things like we we joke about we're like oh yeah we're being so like open and stuff like that but it's like at the same time it's um it's not completely performative but it's also do you know what well, there's I mean? a balance oh, yeah. there's a balance like you need persona persona is the way people trust you with deeper things you know like like the like you know how i don't like small talk as much it's like i don't even have that sometimes i won't even if i if i continue thinking and living like that i won't even have the ability to build rapport with somebody that can even allow them to get on a deeper super uh not superficial level like you need a balance of it you know Mm-hmm. No, that's true because everything starts off as a small talk in a sense because yeah. you don't know the person yet. So if you don't yeah. like accept the small talk even though you don't want to, it's never going to get to that next level. 100%. Like, yeah. deep conversation. Unless you're like me that like all my small talk is just me like verbal like word vomit of me just saying things. Like, <laughs> my problem is I'm 100% of myself 100% of the time. So like on a first date, I don't know how to do cute small talk. I just like talk about everything that people would talk about like on a fifth date. Yeah, same. I don't know well, how that, to, well, I don't know how to be is, that though, like less of myself. Well, the, 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 you don't need to refine yourself. Like that you're you're being unapologetic in who you are. And and some people don't discover that parts that part of themselves like way deep into a relationship and then once they do they're like oh i don't like you <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy your company like i enjoy my company more and i soothe myself to get to this point i realized no um so mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to like uphold that like and just be all of you amazing you, you're gonna find like a, a clear reflection of what you want 
if you continue that. Yeah, I, yeah, in a sense, like you weed out the people who can't handle you or who don't actually like you because you're just you from the beginning. Yeah. So basically, I'm just doing life right. I'm just winning. Yeah. You're just winning. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I think we've. I can't <laughs> even see our... how long we've gone. Yeah. Like, sorry. It just got like we're recording into the sunset. It got really dark. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. We're just Zoom. black blobs at this point. Um, Hi. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. I'm happy we like sure. finally got everyone like on the same schedule different time zones and everything yeah. and i i think our listeners really like maybe they'll uh reach out to you do you want to like give your information yeah do you want to plug yourself um i i, I know I'm you're not practicing on, but yeah i'm getting on like the whole instagram branding type thing but um it hasn't been launched yet but my instagram is called surrender for uh serenity um that's but that's not okay. yeah that's not launched yet but if you want to just follow me on instagram i post like once a week type uh questions just to get like the juices flowing for somebody on social media that might not be thinking about like psychology or mental health or anything like that um so if you want to follow me um on either account sasha khalili um or surrender for serenity that that'll be like launched soon i think but um i don't have anything really to plug I just that it was a pleasure just to come on and talk about anybody. I'm grateful and thankful for the opportunity of um, just doing a podcast. First, first one for me. So, um, hopefully, we can do one down the line again. Oh, for sure, you were a natural. Maybe our our listeners will send us. Yeah, maybe our listeners will send us their dreams, and you could come on and shit on other people instead of shitting on (laughs) us. <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. but in all seriousness, it was a pleasure having you on. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. We get it. Staying home ain't it. Especially around the holidays. But this year, staying home means saving lives. So we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small. Our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big, plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus.